puppet masters almost surely have a plan There's clearly maybe something there beyond the realm of man Until we've thoroughly tested every last close-chested view Find the more you think you know, the less you really do Where would we be without THC? We know the lying to us just don't know to what degree Where would we be without THC? The highest side chat Carl Wood and Company Side chatters, we have spent years talking about the problems of the world war, poverty, geoengineering, fluoride, petrochemicals, environmental degradation, materialism, greed, false flags, and everything in between in this Rockefeller Rothschild debt based system of rule. And sometimes I get a bit concerned that all we really do is pat ourselves on the back for another educational circle jerk while we sit and wait for someone else to overthrow the power pyramid and the yokes of oppression we seem so cozy in. And an uncomfortable truth we must confront is the relationship between slave and master, the cause and effect of following orders, and the don't-rock-the-boat attitude we take just as long as our cage is a little bit nicer than the next guy's. Yet when one truly examines the world we find ourselves in, you can see a multitude of constructs holding us in place that have nothing to do with the natural world. A never-ending framework of legalese that privileges the dark occultists in the driver's seat and punishes the people who put their faith in it, a hypnotic obsession with green paper thanks to the spellcrafters behind the curtain, and a system of artificial scarcity aimed at maintaining the illusion that abundance is only a fantasy. Well, these are the tenets of today's guest and true freedom fighter, the ever-passionate Mark Passio. Mark initially rejected his religious upbringing by becoming a Satanist as an early act of rebellion and eventually was even offered a position as a priest in the Church of Satan by Anton LaVey himself. But after leaving the dark community of groupthink, he forged his path as a true individual, studying the vast and complex depths of metaphysics, occultism, spirituality, symbolism, consciousness, and more, and for the last 10 years has been bringing this knowledge to light through his website, videos, presentations, and weekly radio show, which can be found at whatonearthishappening.com. He's a passionate advocate of natural law, a committed de-occultist deconstructing the spells of slavery and the truth-telling torture of sacred cows. Long time coming. Mark, my man, welcome to the higher side. Greg, thank you so much for inviting me onto the show. Government is slavery. <laughs> Cheers to that. And I can't thank you enough for being here. I got a lot of respect for what you do. Nobody does presentations like you. I see you out there sometimes going for seven or eight hours, and it's just a dedication and a passion that I don't really see with every researcher out there, so I got to commend you for that. And there's so many ways to get into this stuff, but I guess I would want to start with the Satanists or the Cult of the Black Sun that runs the system here, because as depressing as a lot of, say, conspiracy material can be, what's refreshing is that most of it is mental. We really are just under a few well-crafted spells that exist primarily in our minds, and freedom maybe isn't as far away as we think it is. I guess help us get a better picture of the system we're in from that perspective, if you could. Well, the world is ultimately run by mind control. It is much more difficult for controlling class of elitists or a ruling class to physically control people. 
So they'd rather not do it through that methodology. They would rather not have overt control. They would rather maintain covert control whereby the cattle that they own as slaves essentially police themselves because they believe their rulers have a right to rule. They've been convinced in some sort of a Stockholm syndrome type of way that the average person actually has a moral obligation to obey the commands of this ruling class. And that's what ultimately dark occultism is. The dark occult is there to manipulate people into not knowing themselves to such an extent that they actually don't recognize their own sovereignty and they actually believe that someone else possesses as an individual or a group the right to rule over them and arbitrarily decide what they may or may not do as individuals. And that's the ultimate form of control. The ultimate form of control is when a people who are actually being oppressed believe that their oppressors possess the right to continue to oppress them and hold them in a state of duress and violence and ultimately slavery. And that's where the human race is. That's exactly where the human race is at right now because of their absolutely false, incorrect, erroneous, and religious belief system called authority and government. And when you say this to people, they look at you like you have three heads <laughs> instead of them being absolutely ill, sick, and religiously diseased as they are because they haven't made the fundamental realization. They haven't awakened to such an extent that they have yet made the fundamental realization that there is no such thing as the moral legitimacy of authority or a ruling class or of government. And they certainly have not made the realization that the belief in such things is a religion. It constitutes a religious belief because what ultimately a false religion is, is a belief in something that is not true in the natural world, in the realm of nature, in the realm of reality, the real, the actual, the inherent to the universe. You are believing in something that isn't actually part of reality in a completely rigid way which you refuse to let go of, regardless of how much information, to the contrary, reaches your eyes and ears. And I would say that even for those of us who may have studied the Bible biblically, we've looked into the allegories of different religions, etc., that this constitutes really the ultimate sin of almost every religion of the world. Believing in something that isn't true and refusing to accept what is true is the ultimate wrongdoing that any group of beings can ever conduct in the natural world. And this is refusal of truth. And that's where humanity stands. I've been thinking about this concept a lot lately because I think humanity is actually reaching a tipping point or a threshold where things are going to start accelerating in the negative direction very quickly. Because we have, as a species, willfully refused truth. And to me, there's no greater quote-unquote sin or wrongdoing than that, especially as an entire people, as an entire society, an entire population. I think back to some of the dark occult sacrifice rituals that this cult of the Black Sun has performed. 
specifically look at 9-11. No one piece of the official story stands with any logic, any small amount of scrutiny and reason that any reasonably intelligent adult human being could possibly apply to it. Studying the basic simple mathematics or dynamics in physics of what we're told occurred on that day. Under any basic human scrutiny that any reasonably intelligent adult human being could possibly conduct, not one single solitary piece of the official story stands upon the other. And it's a complete and utter ridiculous amount of sheer nonsense. And yet, the public is so let's call it outright what it is. The public is absolutely so dumb, so ignorant, so completely willfully ignorant of basic mathematics and physics. They would flunk a seventh grade math class. That's how ignorant the average member of the human population is on a daily basis, that they still buy into and believe the utter nonsense that was told to us It's literally like telling a kindergarten child a story they're so naive that they're just apt to believe, and you could just pull a fast one over on them because this is how utterly ignorant and naive they are. And that's where the general population is. And when we're in that level of ignorance and refusal, see, I want to bring this up as one of the main topics or the main concepts that I want to get across, not only to your listening audience, but mine and to listeners in the future. We have to understand that nature, the universe, God, if you will, however you want to look at it, the underlying intelligence to everything will only tolerate so much refusal of reality. We're at a tipping point as a species where we have a choice whether we're going to accept the actual delineation and the actual difference between the real and the illusory between what is actually inherent to creation and nature itself and exists inherently in the universe itself and that which are outrageous, illusory, constructural ideas that have no basis in reality and therefore constitute complete falsehood and illusion. And religion, false religion, is what they constitute. The place that humanity is currently at because of the manipulation of this dark priest class you are talking about, and that I'm explaining how they actually manipulate humanity into this state of ignorance, so we can get into specifically how they do it. We're at this point where we have, as a species, in the aggregate, not all of us, but the overwhelmingly vast majority of us as a species, has willfully looked truth in the eyes and raised our middle finger to it and told it to F off. Hmm. That we want absolutely nothing to do with truth. We want absolutely nothing whatsoever to do with reality. We want our fantasy. We want our illusion. We want our comfort level. We do not want to engage in the realm of the real. We do not want to engage in the realm of truth. And when a species, when an entire collective species in the aggregate does that, that constitutes the ultimate sin against all of nature, against all of creation. Humanity, right now, as we speak, is in 100% 
active rebellion against God and creation. It doesn't matter to me whatsoever whether your listening audience is comfortable with that terminology or not. You can look at the concept of God however you want to look at it about being the underlying creative intelligence that underlies everything in nature and gives rise to all the laws of nature, both the seen laws of the physical world and the unseen behavioral laws, which constitute the natural laws of behavioral consequence. We are, as a species, humanity is in 100% active rebellion against the laws of nature, against the laws of God, against creation itself. And when a species goes into that modality, it doesn't have long left to go because nature invariably and unwaveringly will step in at some point and it will do what needs to be done. And that's where this dark priest class that I refer to as the dark occult simply, which I do not know about through secondhand accounts. I do not know about through reading about them through texts. I do not know about them through hearing about them through other people who were involved with them. I happen to know about them from firsthand experience of being an active member in some of their dark orders earlier in my life. Mm -hmm. Therefore, this is not a belief system to me. This is not a secondhand account or a collection of information that I've heard from others. I've been in their presence. I've worked with them. They were grooming me for further involvement in this dark cult. And this is a worldwide cult. And people have to understand it's not one group of people. It's not just the Freemasons or just the Jesuits or whatever other oversimplification of this dark occult network of mental sorcerers, Mm -hmm. because that's what they are. They constitute a network of sorcerers working mental sorcery. So you have to understand the dark occult priest class as very ancient master psychologists. This is what I try to explain, especially to listening audiences who may not be very familiar with my work. I try to explain this from the beginning in my work about what the occult really is and what this priest class network of dark occultists who are using this hidden knowledge about the human psyche and the laws of nature to their advantage at everyone else's expense. We have to look at them not as magicians as we would see in Hollywood. That's not the kind of sorcery or magic that I'm talking about here. Talking about being able to influence people's minds, not just at an individual level, but they can influence entire society's minds. These are social engineers of the highest order. And they do this by understanding everything that there is to understand about the deepest recesses of human psychology. They go deep into the human psyche and they understand all of our hidden motivations and fears. Once they know that, because there's such a knowledge differential and the average person hasn't studied that for one split second in the course of their entire natural lives, they haven't looked at who they are. They haven't looked at what is deep inside their own psyche and their own subconscious psychological makeup. This priest class are the chess masters who have won every major chess tournament in the world year over year over year when it comes to the chess game of human psychology. And we're the novices. Humanity are the novices that don't even understand how the pieces move on the board. (laughs) We haven't even shown up to sit down at the game of chess that's being played. And we've already had our ass kicked. 
without even sitting down at the board because we know nothing about the nature of the game. And yet these are masters who know everything about every aspect of the game. And that knowledge differential is what they use to convert to a power differential in the world. They say knowledge is power, but it's not. Knowledge is potential. It's potentiality for anything you want to make of it, including power. But the differential in knowledge is always able to be converted to a differential in power. And that's where we're at because of human ignorance, overwhelming, colossal human ignorance of self and the laws of nature, the beings, the dark and psychotic and psychopathic beings. They don't even have a normal soul. They have a husk of a soul. And all they want to do is fill it with things and control. They want to control other people to make themselves feel somehow alive because they know that they're dead inside in their heart and in their soul. And this psychopathic class, this priest class of beings that is actively controlling and running our world, they are able to do this because the average population is completely ignorant and they have this knowledge that has been hoarded within their family bloodlines and within their hierarchical network, the structure of this occult network for tens of thousands of years. That's their birthright. They've been given all that knowledge and all that information about how to manipulate and deceive others because they know how their mind works, and yet the people they're actually manipulating don't know how their mind works. It is an absolute piece of cake. It is child's play for them to do what they're doing to steer entire societies in one direction or another at their whim. And the only thing that will ever, ever be able to reverse that dynamic in our world is for the average human being and for society, the society of human beings as a whole in the aggregate to incorporate the deep occult knowledge that this dark priest class has aggregated for themselves and kept to themselves for millennia. The occult and the knowledge that it contains has to be de-occulted out of this priest class by people who are defectors from it and people who truly study and learn what they have because it is out there in the world. The problem is it is radically misunderstood and people don't understand the importance of this knowledge or how it is being applied to deceive and manipulate people in the world and therefore to control them. And we have to take this knowledge into ourselves. This is the only solution to level the playing field because once that knowledge differential gap is closed, then the power differential gap will begin to be closed by humanity. But not one moment until we narrow that knowledge differential. Without doing that, the dynamic of human slavery is going to remain exactly as it is today, and it's going to continue into the future, and it's going to get infinitely worse. And then nature at some point is going to step in because of our refusal to learn truth. You mentioned that my work has been very laborious and there's been a lot of passion put into it. And that's very true. I've done a whole lot of work and I've done it with a lot of passion. But people have to understand this is a labor of love of truth. Mm -hmm. That's what we have to have a dedication to. We don't need to have a dedication to other human beings. The love of truth will certainly benefit other human beings by extension. I've said this many times to people and people will hear this in a callous way even. I don't do what I do because I love human beings. I don't do this for human beings. I do this because I'm a servant of truth. And that's what people have to come to the awareness of. They have to come up to that level of consciousness. This goes beyond service to self. 
This goes beyond service to others. This is the highest form of love that exists in creation, and that is service to truth. And unless people get into that modality of consciousness, we're not going to make any headway against this dark, occult, ruling priest class. Mm, Touche and cheers to that, man. I am on the same page with so much of what you just said, and I like that term knowledge differential. It's very true. We've done previous shows on the school system, but that's just the tip of the iceberg when trying to get into just how deeply the manipulation has gone. And there's such arrogance and ignorance today, which makes it even harder to overcome. But it's a real sad state to be in when a decade after 9-11, George Bush is showing off his paintings on The Tonight Show. You're right, it's pretty pathological. We have some serious multi-generational brain damage as a collective culture. And so you told us about what they do, but let's get into those specifics of how they do it or how they got started. Because, of course, when we're in it today, it's easy to see the ironclad grip, but it's a bit harder to see how they acquired this grip on a previously enlightened world. Clearly, it was a huge undertaking, and it's pretty much near the end game. But talk to us about how they did it so that maybe we can keep from falling into those traps and see them for what they really are. Well, there's three institutions that they absolutely had to infiltrate and completely gain the reins of and control from the inside in order to propagate not only false knowledge to the world and get them to believe in things that are not true, but to dissuade people from looking into the necessary information that they must look into to level the playing field. Mm -hmm. And those three major institutions were religion, education, and media. Okay, now, of course, they have infiltrated government, but government doesn't try to reach people's eyes and ears. It just makes arbitrary commands that the ruling class says you must obey or we will conduct violence upon you called laws. That's the strong arm aspect of the whole control system, obviously. Mm -hmm. They get people to simply comply because they are in fear of the physical punishment that will be conducted upon them if they don't comply. And that's called duress and violence, which is always immoral and always wrong. And people do not have the right, so-called, to delegate behavior to someone else that isn't a right for them to conduct upon anybody else. This is the question I destroy anybody's justification for government immediately with pure logic and philosophy, where if anyone can simply reason from first principles, if you don't have a right if something is wrong for you to do, therefore it's wrong for everyone to do because everyone has the exact same rights because a right is simply an action that does not cause harm to another. You don't have a right to do something to someone else and therefore no one has that right. No one can tell another person or group you're allowed to do that thing that causes harm and will magically convert it into a right because we want to because that's our preference or our whim we can magically convert a wrongdoing into a right. It can't be done in nature. You can only claim that you can do it. And therefore, I ask people who believe in this concept of government, could you please explain to me how anyone can possess a right through the delegation of something that someone else does not possess themselves? How can a group of people that does not, no individual within that group has the right to do this behavior themselves? delegate someone else or some other group the right to do that. It cannot be done in nature. It is a complete logical fallacy to believe that it can be done in nature. 
And anybody who thinks that that can be done is lying to themselves. And that's the very first principle of coming out of mind control. The very first principle of coming out of Stockholm syndrome and coming out of mind control is you have to stop lying to yourself because this is what the dark occult ruling class has gotten people to continuously do. This is known as cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance means you continue to tell yourself lies that deep down in your own psyche, in your own subconscious, you know it's total BS and you know it's not true, but you're lying to yourself to stay within your comfort level. You want to tell yourself, oh, this is done for our own benefit or our own protection or because they actually care about society as a whole. No, it's not. You're lying to yourself and it's done to control and to enslave. The end. Hmm. So that's the strong arm aspect called government. But to go back to your original question regarding how do they actually get people to buy into all these lies, you have to control the information that is being told to human beings from the day that they are born. Therefore, you have to control, again, the big three, religious institutions, educational institutions, and media institutions. Think about it, ladies and gentlemen. These are the ways that information reaches people's eyes and ears from the day that they are born. Mm -hmm. Through the cultural religions people are born into in their families, through educational institutions that people are violently forced to be put into, what is it, something like 50,000 hours of compulsory schooling mm. in every major country in the world from the time a child is five years old. And we're fed this worldview of obedience, this worldview that obedience is a virtue. We're fed the worldview that whatever government says is real, whatever the media says is real. And that goes to the third institution that has to be controlled, and that's the media telling everybody after they've gone through a hard day's work and they're largely in a left brain modality from working usually with numbers or with computer systems, doing physical tasks all day long, physical labor. And then they want to relax. They want to eat something. They want to decompress. And then you're going to hit them with information that's going to go right in through the right brain modality and be practically accepted without any logical filtration in place. And that's what the mainstream media is tasked to do. That's their job as a mind control institution. So you have the mind control institutions of religion. You have the mind control institutions of traditional public education systems in every major country. And then you have the mainstream media systems in every country, just paid liars, paid to lie to people all day long and dissuade them from looking into areas of real knowledge and ask real questions about the universe and ask real questions about themselves. No, no, no. We don't want anybody to do any type of introspection like that or deep knowledge seeking and truth seeking like that. That's the last thing the controlling ruling class wants from human beings. They want you to blindly accept. And when people blindly accept what's taught to them in religion and taught to them in schools and taught to them on the mainstream media, then they're going to be absolutely ripe to go into the dynamic of just doing what they're told. That's what all of these institutions are there for. Don't question. Don't seek and try to figure out things based on logic and reason. Just accept what you're told. Don't look at things from a truth discovery methodology. Hear what we're telling you is real and then accept it as that is real. 
And that's where most of the majority of human beings are at. That's why people cannot do the work to prove that what the media told us regarding 9-11 is a lie. They can't do it. They can only jump from one belief to another. It's like they can either believe what the mainstream media told them regarding the event, or they can believe what some other researcher or group of people told them regarding the event, but they can't gain actual knowledge of what is possible and what is not possible through physics, because that's how ignorant they are of physical laws. They don't even know how physical laws work and operate in the world because they haven't looked at that from an actual process of truth discovery methodology and scientific methodology. They don't have that knowledge. And the controlling class, the ruling class, knows that this is how ignorant human beings are. They fully understand that this is where they have people in a modality of, I'm going to blindly believe this from this person, or I'm going to reject that from that person, but then I'm going to go over here and I'm going to blindly believe something else from this person. The whole idea is no one should believe anything, including what I'm saying. You need to research it and verify it and come to your own recognition of it for yourself because you have put the work in and you have done the homework to recognize that, yes, this is the case. This is true on your own, not because you believe it from anybody or any source. You have to eclectically research things from a variety of sources. And this is what the main institutions that they use to mind control people into a worldview of belief and acceptance and then following orders obedience, they never want people in that truly logical, reasonable, truly seeking knowledge and understanding how to arrive in epistemological way at an understanding of what is true and what is real and what exists inherently in the world in nature versus what is an illusory belief system. And that's why so many people are absolute with ultra-religious fervor, (laughs) are hardcore locked into the religion of authority. And they're going to die in that condition. Mm. Most people are never going to relinquish that religion ever. And see, we have to keep calling it what it is, a religion. It is a religion that is a cult religion. Not only have they used these institutions to brainwash the average everyday masses, They are brainwashing them into religious beliefs, but even more so than that, I'll go one step further. People who believe those erroneous religious beliefs are not just religionists, they are cult members. Anybody out there listening, anybody out there who is being exposed to my work and still believes that government is legitimate morally and still believes that authority is a legitimate concept in nature is a cult member. Let's stop mincing words and go right down to the core of the matter and start getting down to brass tacks. Mm -hmm. That's what people are being indoctrinated into, a cult, because a cult, C-U-L-T, means that that is a religious belief system dangerous to members that are not its adherents, that do not believe in the concepts that the cult believes in. See, the cult of authority and government believes that there is such a thing as the legitimacy to a ruling class that possesses the right to rule through arbitrary dictates and decrees that they call law, regardless of whether they happen to be in alignment with the laws of morality or not, whether they are decreeing actions which cause harm or do not cause harm, 
is irrelevant to people who make laws and irrelevant to people in government. What they say goes and is backed by violence, whether it's in harmony with natural law or not, moral law. It doesn't matter to them. And other people who are their subjects under their jurisdiction, which means the law is what we say it is. That's what the word jurisdiction means. Juris in Latin means the law or justice. And then dictao dictare in Latin, which is where we get the word dictation, means to speak or to say. So jurisdiction literally means from its etymological roots in the Latin language to say what the law is, to say what justice is, not to know what it is, but to speak what the law is, meaning the law is what I say it is. And Mm. that's what man's law dictates. And that's why we say that we're under this person or this government's jurisdiction. It's what they say the law is as the lawmakers and the law writers. This has absolutely nothing to do with natural law. And what the worldwide cult of authority and government is, is a system of people who believe this ruling class has the right to rule and that all of their subjects in their, quote, jurisdiction, the law is what they say that it is, have the moral obligation to obey the arbitrary dictates of the ruling class, whether their dictates are in alignment with morality or not. See, I could care less one iota, one tiny little speck, what man's law says. Not interested in whether something is legal or illegal. Couldn't give a crap. Hmm. The only thing that I care about in making any decision that my actions are based upon is whether that behavior is moral or immoral, meaning whether it is right or wrong, meaning whether I have the right to conduct that action because that action does not cause harm to another sentient being or whether I do not have the right to conduct that action because that action does cause harm to another sentient being. And that is what someone who has brought their mind out of religious cult belief illusion is, and someone who has brought their mind into the objective nature of the inherent reality in the universe. That is how someone thinks who has brought their mind out of mind control and into the world of reality, the world of the real and inherent to creation and the universe. And you know what? That is such a small, tiny percentage of humanity. It's laughable. Hmm. It's laughable, Greg. It's a big knee slapper, especially to the ruling class. When they look at how almost complete of a job that they have done upon the human mind, it's big, fat belly laughs all around. And guess what? I heard them laugh at people like this at their utter stupidity and ignorance and the things that they have gotten them to believe with religious fervor. And there's no sign to me. There's zero. Not trying to be negative, not trying to dissuade people and make them hopeless or anything like that. I still think things can be changed, but there is zero sign to me that things are changing on any kind of a mass scale where people have arrived at that level of knowledge. Mm. There's no sign whatsoever to me. None. Because I walk out the door and I see nothing but throngs of raveningly ignorant children. Mm. No matter what age they are, we are a nation of grown children. 
wandering aimlessly in the dark. And the amount of people I can even conduct a rational, logical, philosophical conversation with is almost nil. Because this is how childish the average person has been made in their cult-like belief system. Like you said earlier, often the most quote-unquote educated, meaning the people who have been run through the occult educational ringer, the gauntlet of deep mind control-based so-called education in the education system, the people who are in that deep level of so-called education are the people who actually think they know and that they're in the know way more than the average uneducated so-called person. They have less common sense than the uneducated individual because the deepest aspect of ignorance, the height of human ignorance is when someone radically believes and fervorously believes that they know because of their so-called educational upbringing when they absolutely have no clue whatsoever and all they've been given through that educational upbringing is a total system of indoctrination into a worldwide cult. I asked somebody not too long ago, could you imagine if what really happened in the world possibly was that a group of people who constituted a religious cult of total religious believers came together, ultimately took over the world at some point in the past, and from that point forward, they indoctrinated everybody else into the belief system of their own cult. and. No one was the wiser. Hmm. No one knew because that was just everyday life. That's just what everybody believed and how everybody was taught. And so that was just the way things were. <laughs> and the person could barely understand what I was saying to them. They could barely comprehend what I was even asking of them to imagine for a moment. That's how locked into this cult belief system people are. They can't even conceive that maybe someone else gave them their beliefs. Maybe someone else programmed into them their likes and their dislikes and their belief systems. That's how ingrained this cult belief system is in the general population. And that's the power of the occult. That is what the dark occult does. That's why people have to understand this knowledge that is held by the few is always going to be converted to a power differential over the ignorant masses of humanity for as long as they look at the word occult and they respond with their religious programming and they say, oh, the occult, occult means evil, it means bad, it means satanic. We can't look into that. We don't want anything to do with that. We want to believe in our religion. And your religion was given to you by the dark occult. And that's the other thing. Everybody believes their religious beliefs in their cultural religion like Christianity or Islam or Judaism or Taoism or Hinduism or Buddhism. My religious beliefs of my culture are unadulterated and pure. There was never any infiltration in my religion. Just everybody else's religion. That's what was infiltrated by this dark priest class. But mine was never touched. It's unadulterated and pure. And my beliefs are totally 100% correct and pure. Yeah, 
keep telling yourself that. Once again, the first and foremost dictum or the first and foremost mandate, the law of awakening, the very first and foremost law of awakening to truly higher consciousness is, and this was the first rule of every true awakening school of mystery tradition knowledge and teachings throughout human history that were trying to pull people out of this mind control cult and get them to understand their own sovereignty and their own true spiritual worth and look into themselves and the deep aspects of their own psychological makeup and subconscious mind and then look at the laws of nature and the laws of behavioral consequence and then align their behavior to those laws. Every single solitary school of true deep mystery tradition knowledge and occult knowledge throughout human history, the first and foremost law, the first and foremost rule of every one of those traditions of teaching and learning was stop lying to yourself. Hmm. Stop lying to yourself that your tradition or your upbringing or your culture or your cultural religion was somehow untouched by this priest class. That's where everybody is at. My system is the best and works and is pure, but everybody else's is just totally adulterated and co-opted and taken over. No, they're all infiltrated and taken. None of them are leading people out of the darkness and into the true light of knowledge and wisdom. Amen, man. Yes, <laughs> very well said. And today, you know, it does seem like that is so applicable to the political bubbles that people are in, the ideological bubbles, they maybe they think they got religion handled, but they're still obsessed with some kind of cultural thing. And it's like, you think these manipulators aren't still working their game? And you just make so many great points that I find refreshing, especially, you know, that there's no special privileges from laws. Like, it's not murder if you're in the military or if you have a police badge. No, I mean, you can't just follow the orders of the system. I mean, you're responsible and we definitely need to get into natural law, but you touched on something I also wanted to get into, which was one of your latest presentations is called Fake Ass Christians. And what I really liked about it was that you go through several mainstream religions and worldviews and you expose them as mind traps. And this is something I've been mulling over for a long time. How convenient that Buddhism says life is suffering. How convenient that what most people take away from Christianity is turn the other cheek, judge not, and don't cast stones. These are slave class ideologies of victimhood that make us weak and docile. You call new age the new cage, which I like a lot. And you even say that pacifism is an antichrist if there ever was one. And this is just provocative stuff that you don't hear very often. Talk to us about this a little bit. The trapezoid of philosophical dead ends, if you will, how we're being deceived by these kinds of ideas as virtues when really they just serve the empire. Let's take them one at a time. If you want to go over each point that you made there, I'll take them one at a time and unpack them. <laughs> cool. So I think the first one was Buddhism teaching that life is suffering. Yep, that's it. We've all heard that one, right? People have heard that coming out of Buddhist schools of thought. That is not what true Buddhism teaches at all, at all. If you look into the real teachings and texts of original Buddhism, it says that life contains suffering. It does not say that life is suffering. There is no place where it equates life and suffering. And this is a twisted teaching within modern Buddhism. Life contains suffering. If you are in the physical domain, you are going to experience some level of suffering. 
It's unavoidable in the physical world. The only place you're not going to experience suffering is in the non-dual realm of pure potentiality and pure spirit. But we're not in that domain. We are in the dualistic realm of the physical world, physical matter. And in that physical experience, there is going to be suffering within it. It doesn't mean that that physical experience is or is equated to suffering. And this is something that Buddhists have to really get their head out from up their rear end when they're propagating this nonsense to people. And what Buddhism is about, true Buddhism, since life does contain suffering, there are methodologies by which we can avoid self-inflicted levels of suffering. Mm -hmm. We do not need to experience certain modalities of suffering because certain modalities of suffering that are within life and a human life experience are brought on by our own ignorance. That's real Buddhist teaching. That's real spiritual teaching as opposed to how you hear it in some modern Buddhist schools of thought, which twist and pervert it. And let me tell you something, that twisting and that perversion is not by accident. It's not just a misunderstanding, ladies and gentlemen. It is a deliberate co-opting and a deliberate infiltration of a potential powerful school of thought. But they don't want people to take away empowerment from it. They want what Greg just told you that they want. They want you in victim mentality. They want you in, oh, woe is me. Life is suffering. What can I do? And that's why this alternative mindset of false Buddhism comes about. I want to qualify something with your listening audience and anyone else who may happen to come across this interview. I'm not saying that there is no potential truth in any religious tradition. They all have seeds of truth within them. But the point is, they're so buried down like a needle in a haystack, you have to like mine for that gold. You have to actually get through all the dross and the detritus and the debris and all the false teachings and false narratives that have been piled on top of this huge glop of crap over the years, that the seed of truth is completely buried way, way down under all this dross. And most people are just going to buy all the external layers. They're going to buy into all the crap that's on the outside and say, oh, yeah, this is the religion. This is the teaching. No, that's all the crap that is there to disguise the real teachings and to bury the real teachings. Most people don't do the work to go down to the heart of the matter, to mine that gold, if you will, that spiritual gold. They just accept all the exoteric teachings, but they never mine for that esoteric gold that lies at the heart of all these traditions. They just accept them at face value. So give me the next point about Christianity that you brought up. That would be the whole turn the other cheek thing. Okay. What do people think turn the other cheek means? Most people think it means if an enemy harms you and does violence upon you, that you do not respond with any defensive force and then you offer, go ahead and continue to harm me more because I know that ultimately you're just harming yourself because we're all one. That's what most people think turning the other cheek is, to allow physical violence to be conducted upon you, to allow harm to be conducted upon you, to allow your rights to be taken. That has absolutely less than zero to do with what the original context of turn the other cheek meant in original Christianity, in the true esoteric original tradition of the original Christian teachings, less than zero. Hmm. Because the words of Christ, when he was saying turn the other cheek in the biblical accounts, 
He meant when you attempt to give the teachings of truth to another person and they reject it as being too extreme or it's false or, oh, that sounds way too extreme for me because you're attacking what I believe in religiously with religious fervor for all my life because this is what the mainstream institutions told me was real from the day I was born. And they spit in your face or they call you crazy or you're an extremist. You're just completely and utterly wrong or you're a fool. And they slap that truth out of your hand and knock it onto the ground. The gift that you were trying to bestow upon them, that gift of knowledge that you were trying to bestow upon them lovingly out of concern for their well-being and the well-being of all people. And they slap that gift right out of your hand and onto the floor in the mud. You know what you do? You turn the other cheek, you go and pick up that gift of knowledge and wisdom, and you bring it right back to them and you hand it back to them again and again and again and again and again until the day you die. That's what turning the other cheek is. Mm. It has nothing to do with how an enemy treats you. It has to do with people who happen to be in a state of ignorance that you know are in a state of ignorance and you're going to keep bringing the truth to them no matter what, no matter how many times they spit in your face for doing it and call you an extremist or call you a fool or say that you're wrong and they're right when in fact they have absolutely no knowledge of the real dynamic and you're giving them exactly how it really works right? for their own benefit. It's a message of strength. Of course. And you see how they took it from a place of strength and empowerment to a place of victim mentality, of victimhood. Yeah. Because that's what all false religion does. We have to stop making our religion into the truth and start making truth our religion. Nobody's religion constitutes the truth. We need to make truth our religion. Mm. Okay. And that's what a real religion in the sense that it binds us back to truth does from the word religare in Latin. See, false religion holds us back from truth, and true religion reunites us with truth. So there are two contexts of religion. Now, up to this point, I've been using the word religion in its negative connotation. Religare in Latin, where the word religion comes from, means to bind or to hold back from, to tether, and to stop from forward progress. What's false religion holding us back from? It's holding us back from truth, the one true religion. Just look at this from the Christian tradition. In the New Testament, when Jesus was asked, what will make us free? His disciples were saying, we know that we're slaves. We know that we're being held in a condition of duress and slavery. What is the prescription for this? How can humanity become free? How can we be saved from this state of slavery and duress? And what was Christ's answer in the New Testament story? His answer was, know the truth and the truth will make you free. Mm. He didn't say, worship me. He didn't say, set up a new religion and worship me as a god. He said, know the truth. A very simple statement. Know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Hmm. That was the statement. That was the prescription for freedom that Christ gave in the New Testament scripture. And yet, a so-called Christian will not tell you that. They won't even engage in the idea of freedom. They'll try to say, oh, freedom is some kind of an illusion and we're all slaves to God or slaves to Christ, as if God or Christ wanted slavery. That's the exact opposite of what creation wants. Creation wants freedom and expression of consciousness to higher levels of awareness and higher levels of potentiality. That's what creation wants. Creation wants us to be free. 
It doesn't want us to be slaves to anything. Mm-hmm. And it puts the law of morality in place for our greatest benefit because aligning our behavior to the law of morality is the very thing that is going to make us the most free and allow us to literally go to the stars and engage in all kinds of expansive potential in creativity and knowledge and understanding and awareness and consciousness. That's the majesty of creation. And what are we doing as a species? We're spitting in its face. We're slapping that gem out of people's hands and into the mud, mm-hmm. you know? And that's the sad thing because I think we have infinitely more potential than that. Yeah. So that's what turning the other cheek really means. Give me the next point you made in that list. Judge not. I think that's an important one, how useful judgment actually can be when you're living in a world run by criminals. Well, when we disengage from judgment and say, oh, judgment is just for God, we shouldn't judge other people or their behavior. You know what we're doing? We're setting up a system by which evil is going to run amok in the world because no one is going to be called on their bad behavior. And that's not what we are here to do, to say everything is allowed and there's nothing I should be judgmental toward people for. This is called New Age BS. This is pure New Age hokum. And it crept its way into the Christian religion, just like every other religion. And people should reject this idea that we are not here to exercise judgment and discernment, because that's exactly what human beings are here to do. See, not all behaviors are equal and the same. Like I said before, rights are behaviors that we are allowed to conduct under natural law because they don't cause harm to other sentient beings. We have not hurt, harmed, or defrauded anybody in this conduct. And therefore, that is a human right. It's an inherent natural right in creation. When we cause harm or we defraud somebody, we are not allowed under natural law to conduct that behavior. That is a wrongdoing or a transgression against natural law. If you don't exercise discernment and judgment, especially when you look at what you're doing, and then you extend that out to what other people in the world are doing through their behavior, How are you going to be able to determine whether we're on a moral path in life or not? Of course, discernment and judgment are required to do that. So this idea that we should never judge, judge not lest ye be judged, has absolutely nothing to do with judging human beings' behavior. It has everything to do with judging human beings' behavior. Let me tell you what judge not lest ye be judged really means in biblical scripture. It means don't become a moral relativist. Don't judge for yourself what right and wrong behavior are based on your likes, preferences, or whims. That's what satanic ideology is and does. That's what the total ruling psychopathic dark occult priest class of so-called lawmakers does. It says, this is what we want because this is what's optimal for us and our control system. We have our likes and preferences and dislikes and our whims and the things that we want to see happen and we want to put into effect and how we want to control people. So they're judging right and wrong and saying, I like this, so this is right, and you must do this, and I don't like this, and this isn't preferable to me or what I'm trying to make happen or I'm trying to create in my selfish life, and therefore you're forbidden from doing that. That's being God. That's trying to become the lawmaker. That's trying to become that law, that underlying intelligent binding force in creation that is moral law, and that's trying to become God itself. 
So what judge not lest ye be judged means is don't try to become God and then claim you're the maker of morality. You're the arbiter of right and wrong. You're the arbiter of morality because then you will be judged by creation. And that's where we're at. Mm. Greg, we are at the point where we have become moral relativists and believe that human beings get to make up what right and wrong are. Very briefly, I'll tell you an anecdote about this. I did a social experiment where we interviewed about 100 people regarding whether they thought morality was objective, meaning that it just exists in the universe. Right and wrong exist in the universe. They're not made up by people. We're not the arbiters of right and wrong. Right and wrong are based on whether action causes harm or not. And then we said, or is morality subjective? Is it relative? Is it based on what human beings think right and wrong is? Are these constructs that human beings make up based on their geographical location or the time, the place that they're at, their preferences, their likes and dislikes, their whims, etc.? And over two-thirds of human beings were moral relativists and said that morality is subjective and relative. Two out of three people. <laughs> Imagine that. That means that over two-thirds of human beings actually believe human beings create right and wrong. Human beings create and grant or take away rights. Rights come from us. They don't come from a higher power or they don't come from creation or the universe itself, the cosmos itself. No, no, no. We make up what right and wrong are. Hmm. And you know what? That's the very dynamic. That is the very underlying causal factor reason that humanity is becoming enslaved. No society anywhere in the universe can ever become free while embracing moral relativism because there's a law to freedom. This is part of natural law. There is a law of freedom. As a society in the aggregate, meaning in the collective sense, the vast majority of people are becoming more moral, that society is becoming more free. As morality of a society increases, the freedom of a society increases. That's what freedom is based on. And this is the occult secret of secrets. What I'm telling you here in the law of freedom, listening audience, please understand this, is the secret of all the secret societies. It is the secret of secrets of all the secret societies throughout all of human history is the law of freedom. This is the holy grail. This was what is known as the grail in the ancient world. It was not a physical object. It was not an artifact. It was not something that if you drank from, you lived forever. But in a sense, it was something that if you drank of its knowledge, you would have eternal life in freedom. You wouldn't have death and chaos and disorder and slavery. You would have life. You would have order. You would have freedom. All the things that are life-affirming forever if you align to this law. That's the grail. The grail is, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, as morality increases, freedom increases. And as morality declines, freedom declines. You've just been given the holy grail. That is the secret of every secret society that has ever existed on earth. Right there. Choose to believe that or not, but it's the case. Mm. And this is the problem. 
people will not align themselves to that basic morality. And that's the ultimate sin of total refusal of truth. When we become morally relativistic and we believe that humans are the arbiters of morality, there is no possibility of legitimately aligning our behaviors to true objective laws of morality. Because we're saying we get to make them up instead of our job is to discover what the laws of morality are and to discover what true right behavior versus true wrong behavior is based on observation, learning, truth discovery methodologies. We don't want to do that hard work. We don't want to be responsible for that level of knowledge and awareness. We want to say we get to make it up because that's the easy way out and therefore we can become God and we can say what right and wrong is. And ladies and gentlemen, over two-thirds of human beings are in that satanic consciousness, that satanic, morally relativistic consciousness. And as long as the majority of human beings remain in a state of moral relativism, freedom is not even possible under law of the universe to attain. It cannot be done. Not only will it not be done, it cannot be done in nature according to law. That is like saying, I am going to take a piece of paper and I am going to put it over a raging fire and it is not going to burn a regular ordinary piece of copy paper like you would put into a printer. And I will hold it over that flame and it will stay intact. Well, good luck with that. Hmm. Because that will never occur. And that is what people who are moral relativists are saying. I can be God and claim I am the arbiter of morality and I can remain morally relative and believe that morality and right and wrong come from man and I can be free. And you are the imbecile who is holding a piece of paper over a fire saying it's not going to burn. That's the level of ignorance that someone would have to be at to believe that. So that is what judge not lest ye be judged really means. And that's right where humanity is at, ladies and gentlemen. Make no mistake about it. Well, I love it. I think you're really nailing this stuff, but I got another question for you. So in one of your presentations, you're talking about natural law Mm -hmm. and you refer to these laws as laws of consequence, saying that they are binding and unmutable. Though it doesn't really seem that way when I look at the world. I understand the idea of the order givers skirting karma by putting it all off on the order followers. But if you don't put stock in the heaven or hell paradigm, what are the cosmic consequences of violating natural law? Well, who are the biggest violators of natural law on the planet? Technically, the order takers. The biggest violators of natural law on the entire planet are the people who are following the orders of the people who are telling them to conduct immoral actions. Mm -hmm. But then if you look at the pure numbers, do more people acknowledge that that is wrong or do more people condone that behavior? A lot of condoning. There's an infinitely larger amount of the condoning of immoral behavior through believing that order following and obedience is a virtue. Then there are people calling out order followers like I do. How many people even on the internet can you go and find? I challenge everyone listening. Here's a challenge, a direct (laughs) challenge. Go and find me people 
directly and out in the open, not allegorically or doing it through storytelling techniques, but directly calling out order followers of the police and military and calling them absolutely immoral people because they obey orders out in the open, Hmm. out in the open, unapologetically. You know how many you'll find in a world of 7 billion? I will propose you will find less than 10. Hmm. Okay? I'm with you. And you know who you'll find? I challenge every single person listening. The first person you will find calling people out on being order followers, if you simply type that phrase into Google, is Mark Passio, (laughs) the person you're hearing right now. Number one, first and foremost. And do you know how sickening that is to me? Do you know how pathetically sad that is to me? Got to be frustrating. There should be tens of millions. There should be tens of millions. And I would conservatively say there's less than 10. Hmm. It is sad. Now, let's go back to your original question. How do these people who are conducting all this evil upon the world get away with it karmically? You want to know why? Hmm. They're barely doing a thing. You know what they're doing? They're whispering in somebody's ear, Greg. They're barely doing a damn thing. Hmm. The amount of action that they actually take is almost negligible. All they're doing is perpetuating a system that is already in place by continuing to tell people utter nonsense. And all the karma comes down onto the people who believe it and then act upon it Hmm. because they don't do true discernment and judgment on the information they're given. They just blindly accept it as a religion and then they willfully refuse truth. And that's why we're in trouble as a species, my friend. We're in a lot of trouble. People say, oh, you're pushing fear porn, Mark. You're trying to get people all worried and riled up and afraid. No. I'm not going to blow smoke up people's rear ends and lie to them about where the dynamic of human consciousness is at. I will not do it. I will not do it. Hmm. I will not lie to somebody to tell them what they want to hear. I'm going to give you the accurate dynamic the way that it is, even though it's dark and horrific, because you better start looking at the truth, even though it's dark and horrific. And guess what? It's not to say it can't be reversed. The answer is not. It's totally hopeless. I'm never, ever once saying that. I'm saying it's so bad where we are right now that if we don't confront it and look at it and acknowledge how bad it is, we are not going to reverse the course because we're going to keep blowing smoke up our rear end and telling ourselves it's okay and it's not as bad as other people are saying it is. And I'm telling you, it's even worse than what I'm saying that it is. When a society gets into this level of delusion religion, and willful refusal of truth. It doesn't have long. That's not fear porn. That's the way nature works. I'm not telling people this to dissuade them or discourage them from trying to do something about it. The problem is so few are trying to do something about it that we're not making any headway. We need tens of millions of people to start understanding moral law and challenging all the people right to their face that what they're doing is wrong and that they have no right to do it but we're weak. People don't want to hear the truth. You start telling people the truth. Everybody says they want the truth. But then when you actually tell people the truth, you're the bad guy. You know what the real answer is, Greg? People are weak. People who claim to be good people are weaklings. (laughs) Weaklings. 
I hear you. They don't have the strength or the balls for it, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. People say that they want honesty, but then they hate the person who is the most honest with them. That's why my work isn't really very popular. I'm not as known as I could or should be. I'm not being invited on big radio shows like people who want to talk about Flat Earth are. Mm. Flat Earthers will get brought on to big radio stations going out nationwide, but they won't touch my work. They don't want any part of this, man, because they're cowards and they're half wayers, as I like to call them. People that go halfway with their teachings and their so-called knowledge, but then when stuff gets real, when it gets real, then they want no part of it. Then they're like, okay, I understand how real that guy is. He'll be over there. I'm going this way. That's what people who don't want to go all the way with truth are. And you know what? That level of lukewarmness is also spoken about in scripture. And I'll tell you what, it's one of the worst places to be. One of the worst places to be is to truly know, really, deep down in your own subconscious mind, you know what I'm saying is true. And then because you don't want any part of the real work that it's going to take to communicate this to human beings and how you're going to have to be disliked to tell other soft weaklings the truth because it's what they need to hear to get their head out from up their rear end and start doing the real work upon themselves. Most people will walk away from that deep level of truth and they'll say, whoa, that's way too hardcore for me. I'm going to stick with the light stuff because the light stuff keeps my pockets lined with money. And the light stuff keeps me popular and well-liked. Mm. I'm not interested in being popular and well-liked. I'm here to tell hardcore truth to people, whether they accept it or not. That's my dharma in the Eastern tradition way of looking at it. That is my purpose and what my work is here to do. What people do with that, whether they hear it and they listen and they accept it, they incorporate it, not just because I said it, because they have then validated it in their own research and experience to be accurate and to be true and then to work with that knowledge. That's their karma. Whether they act upon it is their karma. That's not my karma. I'm fulfilling my karma by doing this dharmic work to put this truth out there into creation for others to absorb. It's their karma whether they will take it into themselves and do what needs to be done with that knowledge and information. This is what people have to understand about doing the great work to really tell the truth. It's not going to get you very well-liked. It's not going to get you very popular. Mm. Amen, man. I love it. And these ideas are things I've been trying to circle around. I mean, you say it so well, but people will express to me that they don't feel good. And it's like, well, I don't know what to say. You got to do something that makes you proud of yourself. You're the only one who can change how you feel. And maybe you feel a certain way for a reason. And the best medicine is just... Do things that make you proud of yourself, whether it's getting in physical shape, mental shape. You got to shore up your game in a lot of areas. We just got to be better all around. And so As much as I dislike doing this type of work, I don't do it because I like it. Never have. I do it because I know I have a moral obligation once I'm in a place of such knowledge to communicate these types of ideas. This interview, what I brought out is it's a drop in an ocean. Compared to the amount of work that I've done, people have to go to my website, whatonearthishappening.com, and really start to delve into all of that knowledge up there. And it's a lifelong journey. But you know what? It's rewarding on a spiritual level. It may not be rewarding in the physical domain. It's not going to make you super monetarily rich. It's not going to make you very well liked. But you know what? At a soul level, 
it certainly is rewarding work because I can look in the mirror and say, I'm okay with the person that I am. I have more work to do upon myself. There are things about myself I still don't like and need to change for the better. There's work I need to do. There's work everybody needs to do upon themselves. But I can look at myself and say, I made an effort to do what was right and to communicate that to other people. And that's what we're all here to do, to leave the world in a better condition than the deplorable condition in which we found it when we were dropped in here in the physical domain. So I can honestly live with myself and say, yes, I have done that work. And that is its own reward. Again, I constantly dread doing this, but have I stopped? No. There's been moments where I've had to level off because I was pushing myself too hard and burning out and still feel burnout sometimes. Amen. But I'm still pushing forward with it. And more people are still coming onto it slowly, <laughs> very slowly. Truth. But as long as I could say I helped even one person, there is reward in that. And that's what I think people should do for the sake of it being the right thing to do. So with that, I think that's a good place for us to leave this one for today. And I just want to let people know that the body of my work can be found at whatonearthishappening.com. Everything up there is for free. There's also a gift store if you want to make a donation to help support my work through getting physical items mailed to you. You could check that out in the gifts tab and you could make a donation to help support my work if you find it of value to you in your life and your journey of discovery of truth. I want to thank you, Greg, for bringing me on to the show today. Your questions are right on point. I want to thank you for doing the work that you're doing to help expose the truth of what's taking place in our world to a wide listening audience. So thank you for your service as well. Yeah, man. I appreciate that. And of course, I know a lot of people are asking for your time. So thanks for spending some of it with me. My pleasure. <laughs> yes, it was a great time. And you summed up uh, a lot of the closing remarks well. Your website is so full of stuff, hours and hours. I haven't seen anybody put out multiple hour presentations the way you do. So People have a lot to chew on if this is new to them. I really appreciate the honesty. Such bold truths. I know it's not easy. Thanks again. Hopefully we can do this again and keep fighting the good fight. Absolutely, Greg. Thanks so much again, and uh, let's do it again soon. Holy hell in a handbasket, people. A little different tone for THC, but there it is. Mark Passio telling it like he sees it, telling it like it is. And it is the ugly truth. People die every day around the world because of war, poverty, and greed, largely caused by the empire we're so comfortable inside, you know? Every single day. And we sort of have to admit that to ourselves, that we make a choice to partake in our own at-arm's-length way, or at least allow it to continue without much of a fuss. And I love the point Mark makes about the order followers versus the order givers. If you pull that trigger as an adult, are you just going to say, well, they told me to. That was my job. You know, I've always been pretty critical of order followers, and I know how unpopular that opinion is. And I really don't have any personal insight into the fundamental laws of the universe. That's sort of where I question Mark about the karma aspect and natural law. If these are mechanisms that are truly baked into reality, where do we get these laws? How do we know they're real? Maybe there is no consequence. But I really liked his raw and deep answer. 
I think it's in the Plus Show, actually. Become a member already. You're missing half the show. But his answer of a lot of soldiers and police being tortured souls, being depressed, committing suicide, those rates are super high. I'm not saying that's good. I don't want anyone to commit suicide. But it is a great overall answer to show that our subconscious might know what we're doing. And this sort of stuff just breaks us as human beings. We're not supposed to be killing each other. We're not supposed to be drone striking each other. It doesn't matter if you have the propagandized political support of the people. It doesn't matter if you're wearing a flag pin. And deep down, I think you know that. And that's why so many people who are these hired guns, domestically or foreign, have such issues with it later. That seems like an observable mechanism, and it makes a great case for his point, sad as it might be. Innocent people being shot is also sad, so let's not forget that side of it. I didn't get to ask him much about Jordan Peterson, and I doubt that Mark is much of a fan, but Jordan is big on dominance hierarchies being natural, and I have found him to be kind of convincing on that. But what do I know? I'm still working this stuff out. It would be interesting to hear Mark's counterpoints, because I'm sure he has some. And it's just so interesting also to hear people always analyze what me and the Higher Side Chats is promoting as if it's like all one singular narrative voice trying to corral an audience into one way of thinking, and that's not it. We're talking to alternative voices about controversial opinions, and at the end of the day, deciding where we fold that into our own worldviews. And I know this one might be a bit aggressive or raw for some people. That's fine. I have never found getting offended to be of much use. And to use a Jordan Peterson phrase that I do think Mark would agree with, I've always liked his talk about working on yourself to, quote, be the reliable person at a funeral. Anyone can fall apart at a funeral. And yeah, we all mourn and some deaths in our circle are more impactful than others. But the point is, we have control over ourselves and our development. And with a little foresight, you can move yourself towards being that rock for everyone else in a time of tragedy. You know, just work on yourself to be prepared to handle the tough times in life. And I don't want to say toughen up because that sounds very cold. But I just think that phrase sums it up and a certain kind of person hears be the reliable person at a funeral and thinks, yeah, I can do that. I want to work towards that. And myself in today's show, I didn't expect to spend so much time on biblical idioms, but they do make a lot of sense to me through Mark's explanation. And it is interesting to me from that perspective of twisting the teachings of a philosopher, Jesus, I guess into a victim mentality. I mean, that's what we try to do is we get in there and see what have the elite done? What have they changed and what have been the ramifications of that? And there are major impacts from this change. As much as I might not like religion, it's very ingrained in our culture and in the minds of many people in our culture. And so manipulations within it are important to parse out. Much more important than if Jesus was real or not. But when we get into the big mess of Gnostics and pre-Catholic Christians and pagan Christians, what a true Christian is, I think we kind of circle around that fairly well in this discussion. Or Mark does. I just ask questions and stay out of the way. 
But lately, I've been thinking about a lot of worldviews and philosophies and how important they are, because many things do start with our mindset. So if your personal philosophy isn't shored up correctly, or if you haven't really given it much thought, then a lot of things are going to filter down from that, and you're going to be a mess or not as effective or consistent as you could be. So twisting worldviews that do have some use, and the aspect of philosophy management amongst the conspiratorial cabal is a big one. Ideas are dangerous to the system, so they water them down. Hey, throw a wet blanket on that, and then reverse them for the masses. So don't be a victim, don't be a nihilist, and be prepared to confront things that you wouldn't stand for. And I don't know if we are ever truly going to get past money or empires in my lifetime. I'm not hopeful. But nobody here is asking you to man a rocking chair on the front porch with a shotgun in hand. Right now, it's an idea war, an info war, if you will. (laughs) My general approach has just been to distance myself from the system as much as I can. And I definitely don't feel that I've followed any state-directed orders that hurt anyone else directly. If you count paying taxes, which does fund the machine, then yeah, that's true. I did do that. But I also use my income or my career as a net positive. Way more so than selling addictive video games to kids, right? So I sleep okay at night. I've made my peace. But I also think Marx has a lot of things that we need to hear. And when hippies start talking about, oh, well, it's all good. Actually, no, it isn't. Or, I'm just all about love. Well, that might cover some unsavory things that aren't love. We've had several guests say that part of the overall agenda is to slowly normalize pedophilia, and that's a bold, bold claim and a big ask. But how would you do it? Well, with these sorts of mindsets, everything is forgiveness, no judgment, it's all love, it's all good. Yes, it's good to be full of love, but you need to at least leave some room for harsh confrontation and judgment and anger for the darkness. And it can't just all be love and light. You can say it all day, but that doesn't really do anything but put blinders on to the bad things that are happening. It's easy to say you're all love and light when you live in a protected bubble that's destroying the rest of the world, right? We should be thinking about these things. Do you think Syrian refugees or the people of the countries we've raped and pillaged and thrown into economic slavery, do you think they care? about your attitude of love and light while you fill another shift at Jamba Juice? We have to be honest about the costs of our own positions in life and the compromises we've made to be here. What have we tacitly agreed to? What have we said is okay? Almost sounds like a white privilege speech, but man, is it not supposed to. And there's more than one way to look at these things, but it's the sort of stuff Mark got me thinking about. Kind of a return to my old days of no compromises and really putting my foot down on certain things. Anyway, as always, if you only heard the first hour show today, we have a second hour if you're a Higher Side Chats Plus member with over a 100 extra hours that you've missed in the archive. And in this one, we got into how to make better choices in philosophy and worldviews and guard against false paradigms now and in the future. Talked about the trivium process of truth discovery, suicide rates amongst the order follower professions, and the effects of karma, the psychedelic responsibility. Mmm, did I like that part. 
the positive applications of anger and contempt, and the brutal state of shame. Lots of food for thought. Mark has a ton of content on his website. His multi-hour presentations are no joke, and I think he's a useful teacher for our troubled times. WhatOnEarthIsHappening.com Do we crave enslavement? Look at the microcosm of internet traffic. We know Facebook, Google, YouTube, and the corporate cabals of cyberspace are the ones to watch out for in an infinite sea of sites. But where is the vast majority of internet traffic going? The data don't lie, and we're empowering our own digital demise, people. Be careful with your internet juice. Of course you can feel good about spending it on the higher side chats, though. And I'm getting out of here. Another month in the can, and I'll see you soon. Your move, philosophy flippers, religious texts, rewriters, and perverters of natural law. Your fucking move. Well, they tie that yellow ribbon round the oak tree. They've worn out all the prayer in their hearts. All along thought they were rooting for the home team. As they're sent to the game and torn apart. We twist this tourniquet upon the pipeline. That he carries all the pain in the world. As we blindly clap and cheer from the sidelines. It's Doing